And we welcome you inside this Wednesday, Sports Ethos, Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comanche here with you, alongside, as always, the incomparable, the all-knowing, Jillian Edge. I think that's the first time I've called you Jillian. And Jill, it is Doug Christie time. was not expecting to say that when I woke up this morning, but Alvin Gentry, who we hope is uh, doing all right, sounds like he's mostly asymptomatic. He is vaccinated, but he is an older gentleman. He's 67. But he will not be coaching tonight uh, with a positive COVID test, as every other sports athlete and coach seems to be getting uh, COVID right now. But it does allow us to take a little sneak peek at the 51-year-old Doug Christie. Never been a coach before in the NBA prior to this year. Now he already, quite the uh, ascension for him, he already gets to coach an NBA game as the Kings take on the Wizards tonight in uh, what will probably be a pretty empty Golden 1 Center in Sacramento. Are we excited about this, Jill? You said you're happy for him, but also kind of bummed because you fear that uh, he's getting the Vivek label on him. Sorry, I'm having to tell the dogs to be quiet. Um, no, I'm happy for him, but I also feel bad, yeah, because he's got the the Vivek label on him since all the stories come out. And we've had the, uh, the rumors between James Ham and uh, Jason Jones of um, – back when Walton was here and um, issues within the staff synergy, he, he talked about, I don't know if anyone else had heard these different ones, but these have been conversations over like the last month, but it was talked about how when George Carl was here and how he didn't get to pick his own staff. Right. And so you had like him going against Nancy, uh, Nancy Lieberman. Um, and so there was questions of like, were people like plants on, the staff, you yeah. know, of, of who Vivek likes or not. And again, it's like, none of these coaches are weasels. Like it's nothing to do with them. They all want to be out there and coach, but it's politics. Right? right. And so, and then Dave Yeager actually had his whole staff. He handpicked. And these were guys as, as James Ham said, they grew up together in the G league. Right. And they traded players for like steak dinners. Right. Like this is, um, and so his staff was completely, handpicked everyone was together you never heard issues about any of those guys it was always front office first coaching staff you know there was never any question of who's going to be who and if one went out you knew you knew the hierarchy right like it was um there was never there was never questions right and so and then when luke came he had it was kind of a piecemeal he had some of his guys and then you had um some of like, you would assume Vladi's choices. And then you had some holdover, Four. which I, I like, like Rico, right. He w- came up from the G league as a player development guy. Like, I don't know if he was directly picked by Luke. I just know he was with the Kings prior to Luke coming here. Luke very much could have just said, Hey, like, I want that guy. Cause I don't know why you wouldn't want a guy like Rico on your staff. Right. I mean, that's sure. who wouldn't want one of the best player development guys um, on your bench, but um, was Bobby. I don't know. He's, he's been, he was another one around here. Um, Stacy was another one around here. Um, you saw that, um, you know, there were rumors of was Luke telling his assistants, I don't know how I'm long going to be here. So if you're offered a place somewhere else, go take it. You saw Jesse leave. Um, you saw, Jesse um, was like his Arizona pal though, man. I, I never right, liked who that been, guy. I'm, but I'm just, I'm giving you a backstory no, here of, of, these are coach. When your coach head coach is telling people on your staff, go take jobs elsewhere. 
because I don't know how long we're going to be here. That's a problem. Right. Right. Like regardless of how you feel about the coaches, like we lost three coaches and Lindsey Harding was one of the finalists to be um, on the Minnesota Timberwolves staff. So again, like the the fact that we're constantly playing carousel here because coaches can't pick their people, right? (laughs) That it's like you have piecemealed stuff and Doug has wanted to be a coach for years, like for years. We've, we've heard this behind the scenes and anyone that knows the guy like knows that he was kind of waiting for the right time to do it. And so I'm happy for him that he's getting his shot, but I hate that it's under these circumstances. I wish him the best and I will never want ill will for that guy or, or his family, but it sucks that we can't even, you're not even seeing anything be happy. You're just seeing the jokes already come out because everything with this place is, is jokes. And so, I mean, if anyone, I figured it would be Mike, right? Because Mike had the hierarchy since Oh three. And well, and even on the bench, he's the one sitting to the right of Gentry. That's usually where your associate sits. Um, and so to me, like, why wouldn't you go with the guy that's been on the bench for 20 years? Right. Like, I mean, I, to me, I could say, could like, I know people were talking about Doug or Rico, but Rico just got pushed to the front of the bench. So I, I didn't really expect that. I thought that'd be a cool thing, but I didn't expect it to me, Mike, he seemed like the most logical answer because he's been on the bench for 20 years and he sits on your right. Like Doug, this is his first year coaching. I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It just quick ascension for Doug. They, they have to sell me on that because that doesn't, I mean, and um, Hey, it might not be, if it works great. If yeah, not, well, that's, it just sucks. If it works, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's only going to be for a game or two, a game or two. <laughs> you would um, think, well, probably, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're hoping it, for the best for Gentry that it only ends up being a game or two. You, it I imagine they'll probably, they play again on Friday. It's, it, it's tough to get those double negative COVID tests. If you test At positive and he's in 10 days, most guys are 10 days. Yeah. And he's yeah. again, an older guy. So we might see duck for two games. What uh, another interesting thing that comes about now is who takes that empty spot on the bench where Doug sits usually from behind the bench. Will it be Lindsay Harding who I could be wrong, Jill, if she were to be bumped up to the front of the bench for the next game or two, she would be the first uh, assistant in King's history to be actually on the bench. They've had women assistant coaches. None of them ever actually sat on the front of the bench though. I could no be wrong. Front of the, they were, they were, in the they were behind. Correct. Yeah. So she, Lindsay would be the first. And then the other option would be uh, Stacey Ogman, former NBA player. Uh, Plastic man was his nickname and, his hoop days because his athletic ability to stretch. I think that's just an interesting, I, I never, I've never heard of that, but plastic man could get his chance on the bench for a game or two as well. If they decide to go that route, I'd love to see Lindsay Harding always root for uh, women coaches in the NBA, I, I, you know, and you are yeah. a Becky Hammond fan, just like I am, but uh, it's the Doug Christie show for tonight that we know. And do you, do you expect them to play? And this is stupid, but do you expect them to play any, like, do you think he's going to try to emphasize a little bit more of the defense than the running gun that Gentry's been doing? Or do you think he's just going to, I mean, what do you even do in a I, one game? He, I scene? don't think he can physically. Yeah. I don't think you can change a thing. Plus they're not even getting, um, they're not getting a shoot. They canceled their shoot oh, yeah. around. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't see how you can change your game. Implement plan, anything. Like yeah, it's true. The, the day of, no, it's, you got to go with whatever you're doing. And again, but this is the thing again, pushing the pace should not affect your defense. There are plenty of good teams 
defensive teams that also push the pace and play fast. Like one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. Like it's for three years, we've seen no matter if they play fast or if they play slow, these guys physically cannot just grasp the concept of defense as, as Jaeger used to say, I can't get these guys to get the fundamentals down. I can't move on to B, C, D, whatever, because I can't get them to understand a, so it's really hard. So he said, screw it. I'm just going to have them run because I can't get them to do anything else. We haven't seen anything change in three years. Like they're still showing us they can't grasp a, (laughs) (laughs) or at least they can't grasp it for any consistent period of, of play right now. It's just excuses. It's, Oh, if we change our style, we can't do this. Or if we do this, we can't do this. Like losers have excuses, professional athletes. Like the team uses any excuse they can get. And sorry, like, no, I mean, if anything, I think you could use height as the biggest excuse because for a lot of players, they can use their length to make up for something, right? Like, Ooh, I go a little bit too far left. Oh, my length. I'm able to cover for, you know, taking a step too far or a step too back or, you know what I mean? Like, but this team, when you're like four or five inches shorter than everybody else, you, you don't have any fallback saving grace <laughs> that could, that might be able to help save Davion you. Davion <laughs> Mitchell's toughness. That's what we're built on. Uh, I guess a, a better question would be maybe the rotations. Cause that'll be an interesting fact. That's a hard thing to do as a coach. You could be the most seasoned NBA coach. You might struggle sometimes, especially when your team is struggling like the Kings are following the three-game win streak with an immediate three-game losing streak. Tell me that's not the just the fucking story of this team. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to be interesting to see Chrissy's management of this team. Does he go with a smaller mm-hmm. rotation, go all out for that win uh, if it just means playing the top eight guys? Does he stretch it out? Does Davian Jones get a lot of run? Does Harkless get back on the floor? Does, Ch- does, does Metu Chimezi, somehow yeah. work? Like, and this we don't, is the kind of the thing is, is why, yeah, well, and why did Terrence Davis all of a sudden stop playing? Yeah, he was he playing well. What did he do he wrong? Was, it was working. Yeah. No, playing Terrence Davis and limiting Buddy's minutes, it worked. You went completely away from that and it did it. And I'm not even pointing out just one person, but I'm saying the, the inconsistency here and we're seeing the inconsistent results. Like yeah, it's mind boggling. Like <laughs> stick with something. <laughs> They can't because nothing nothing seems to work long enough for them to stick with it. That's my only theory. Nothing but stays. But my thing the same. is, why would you? I can see if it's not working and change it. But if okay, it was working, yeah. why? Like stick with it until all of a sudden it stops. He got bored with it. Yeah, <laughs> try something else. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> nobody wants to see more Buddy healed. We've seen enough Buddy healed. But I, I think, and I hope, and I said this because uh, Christina Warner had been tweeting about like why why the fuck are they still playing Buddy healed? I think the only logical reason is that they're just trying to, as much as they can, increase his trade value. As now we are on December 15th, it is the day that we expect trades. Of course, nothing's happened yet. It's not free agency. It's not the trade deadline. A hundred people just, a hundred or so NBA players just now are able to be traded after signing contracts this past year. That's what's changed, which allows trades to now happen probably more like, uh, Often, I don't know why I struggle to find that word. It's a simple word. We're going to see more trades soon. We're going to see any today, Jill. No, but you said you might. We might hopefully see some during this extended homestand. I would agree with that. If, if it gets if it gets bad enough, I mean, what did we say? They're not. They're only going to be away from Sacramento. Once they don't leave through California, through and it's yeah. And they don't leave California until January seventh. They go to Golden San Francisco, State, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so 
if if attendance We're starts hanging. struggling, like if attendance starts struggling, I mean, to me, you never know because you never know with this place. There, there's no like none of us can say we like ever can know anything. <laughs> it's straight guessing because anything could happen in this place at, at, at the drop of a pin. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's oh, it's just so frustrating. And then you have the national podcast. Right. And there was one going today. Um, of of KOC and Bruno, and they're talking about how, oh, now people in Halliburton's orbit. So this could be managers, agents, whoever, are now talking about wanting to get him out of Sacramento because this guy's getting blamed for everything now in his second year, and and it's a shit show. Um, And that how ownership's still pushing playoffs. So, I mean, it's who the hell knows. Who the hell? No, like, and again, and I'm not blaming Halliburton for that. I mean, who, when you say orbit, it could be his, his third cousin. I mean, it could yeah. be anybody. It, it could be anybody. But again, like, I don't think anyone would be surprised at, at this point of, if anybody's camp wants to get them out of Sacramento because you're in basketball hell and you get blamed for everything. And granted, there is plenty of stuff on them, like 100%. But there's also, it's, it's on the GM right? It's on ownership. And we saw, you know, we were all hopeful that, that bringing some of these guys together again, maybe, maybe it could change for the one time it could change. It clearly did it. So it, it didn't work. Um, and, and with oh, the buddy thing, now like, what with the buddy thing is I also don't, won't be surprised if they're playing them because they will keep playing it until it they're hoping maybe in one one and a whatever like statistic that it could somehow turn around because if you can't find that trade piece right we all say trade him trade him trade him but if you don't have a team that that wants to take his 23 million or whatever it is um <laughs> then again you're stuck you're stuck with it and so you know like you got to keep throwing it out there because the other thing that we talked about at at the beginning of the year is again, we're relying on guys, rookies, their second year, second year players, two ways, end of bench, $1 million contract to save a, a, a salary team. That's more than the Knicks, right? Again, they're not playoffs. They're not anything, but we're relying on the end guys again to save this team. And that was one of my big things is, we say hold the the starters accountable. They're not scared of anybody that's behind them. Like yeah. really, like they're not scared of anybody that's behind them. It, it, it's and that's nothing in regards to the bench. But realistically, like you think, oh, Fox is scared of of someone behind him taking his spot. No, like no offense. Like I mean. <laughs> no one's taking Halliburton's spot. No one's taking Davion's backup spot. Buddy, you have Terrence Davis. Barnes, you have Harkless. Um, and then it's Bagley, Metu, Joe, like Holmes isn't scared of anything. And that dude comes out and plays, you know, however he, you know, I have no issues with him. But like the the backups are not scaring no. anybody. If anyone, maybe Terrence Davis to Buddy for a little bit, but then that went away real quick. So again, it's just to me, like there's no competition wise to where if you're going to hold someone accountable, like, uh, okay, like week, it's easy for us to say as a fan, but when you're doing this as a team, like 
okay, go sit Fox. And then the rest of the league is laughing at you. Not because they think Fox sucks because they think you've ruined them and, and they'll be able to save it. I mean, breed success, Jill. So it's, it's just like, it's yeah. You know, I, I, these guys aren't looking over their shoulder. They're not too concerned. They're tired of losing. You know, I, I, I don't like the narrative and I've been susceptible to, you know, saying it, but I don't really believe it that these guys don't care. I do believe they care. And De'Aaron Fox said this in his post-game presser the other day that you don't make it this far. You don't make it to this status right. as an athlete. And then all of a sudden stop caring just because you got a paycheck. That's pretty stacked. No, if anything, you care more because now you're more in the light. You're, you, this is your career. You're absolutely, like you're committed to this. You know, you're literally contractually obligated to do this. So I, I do believe they want to win. De'Aaron Fox has never lost anywhere he's been. Davion Mitchell's never lost. Okay. Harrison Barnes, Tristan Thompson have rings. These guys know what it's like to win, just not with the Sacramento Kings. That's, I don't know what to say to that other than, okay, let's do something different then. Let's mix this group up. And we've been saying it for a while. Right. And, and Fox has the easy out of, of, okay, I, yes, I'm getting paid all that money, but who's the best person you've paired me with in my five years here? Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes. um, Holmes. Like, it's not like they attempted attempted to pair him with an all-star that would prove something, right? Like, I mean, come on. True. And then the fact that, real quick, touching on this, because we want to torture ourselves some more, we're going to touch on uh, some terrible Kings history in a second. But the fact that Tyrese Halliburton, somebody in his orbit, as you said, is even saying that they should get him out after just, he's in his second year. Yes. Yeah, if it's true. A sophomore player is already like, get me the fuck out of here. Oh my God. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's him. It's it's people around him. And yeah, like I said, it very well though. could very much be an agent who's saying, I see the way this is going. Look how they've already turned on Fox. Yeah. I see exactly how yep. this goes here. They turned on DeMarcus. They turn up like if if he's gonna then be the face of it, you're you're the star play, you know. This, but we say star player, it's because they're a star player here. It's not mm-hmm. because they're necessarily a number one somewhere else. No. Like that's what people have to differentiate as well. And, yeah. and so I very much could see it being someone saying after two years, yeah, because they have a 15, you know, a 15 year history of seeing how, what this place does. There's to a blueprint. Players. Yeah, there's a blueprint. I mean, to this. and so it's not totally shocking in that sense. It's sad but it's not totally shocking again. If allegedly, if, if, because there are plenty of things they've said that I don't think are true, but again, like I just wanted to put this out there because like, I don't think anyone would be shocked. And again, it's not Halliburton saying it. They very much mentioned it was just someone in the orbit space. <laughs> There's another good King slogan. Uh, not surprising, but sad, you know, I think that's what you said. Like, it's not surprising. It's just sad. That's just like, you could, you could use that. It applies in so many Kings related topics. So I'm not surprised. I'm just sad. You know, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Classic parent line. Uh, we got a yeah, discussion. Sorry, the other thing too, where we're talking about, well, this could be about what we're going to end up talking about with trades, but it yeah. was funny. Um, I'm trying to think, Oh, it was Sean Cunningham in the James Ham and Sean podcast yesterday. I don't know if anybody else caught it, but he was saying how Sabonis's agent is bogey's agent. So, nope. so if yeah. you're trying to work something there, like, again, you're working between teams, but again, plenty of teams will, will talk to players too and say like, Hey, we've gotten two offers. They're pretty similar. Where would you rather be like, Real. and there have been players that have said, I would rather go here than yeah. here. 
I'd rather so, go to the moon um, than uh, Sacramento. Remember that too. Yeah. Cause there are certain players too, right now, based on when they signed, they have to give the okay. And so, mm-hmm. right. um, I can't remember. There was someone that put out a list yesterday too. Of Yeah. There is a list. Bobby Marks, select. former um, NBA GM, always been very critical of the Kings. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cause he was in the running once for the Kings GM job and then didn't get it. I think Vlade got it from him. That's hilarious because Bobby Marks is like a seasoned GM, but he released, uh, released the list of the players that are now eligible to be traded today, which, like I said, it's about 100 players. That's a lot. That that does yeah. open things up a little bit. Did he in- break it down in, into the additional ones that had to actually give the green light for trades or I'm just the li- one that are? I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. I didn't okay. click, click the link. I, Got just, it. Read it. I okay. just read it, the caption of his tweet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 100 players. Wow. I should read it. Though. it. I would have been. I'm sure he did, though. Yeah, I I, he, so. he's very yeah. he breaks down the numbers quite a bit. Uh, we were having a discussion yesterday on Twitter about all the almost in Kings history, the, the players that have literally come out and said, I thought I was going to be a Sacramento King. And then <laughs> yeah. proved that that was not the case. They went somewhere else. And now they've had these illustrious careers, which there's a lot of players. Jill. It's disgusting how many players thought they were coming here, had accepted that they were coming to Sacramento, then went elsewhere because of management involvement, uh, or ownership involvement, I should say, yeah. management changing their minds, trying to sell jerseys. Yada, yada, yada. We could talk forever about it. The big thing I want to point out, and then I'm going to let you go about it because you have a lot more on this, is right now for Monty McNair, he's, his tenure, his year and a half tenure as a Kings general manager has been defined by his almost trades. His almost trades. He's hit the draft picks, we think, but his trades that didn't happen that could have happened. Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson. Everybody would be completely happy and no one would be Native. complaining. <laughs> yep, yep. And then Kuzma, Harrell, potentially a draft pick for Buddy Hill, which would be the best offer they would ever get for Buddy Heald. And it still will be the best offer they've ever got for Buddy Heald. But he's still defined by like, I had these chances and I missed them. The previous gentleman. Danny Ainge, right? Yep. Danny Ainge, like Danny at the Ainge end too, of the, he had all those today. draft picks, right? All those draft picks. What and it was always the, um, you know, that that's the almost moves that got him to leave and kudos, yeah. you know, to him for, for um, now landing with, with the, the jazz. jazz. It makes sense. We've been hearing about that since he left there. So, um, and- you know, uh, that's a good grab for them. And oh, it is. I hope, they, I hope that, I hope that Justin Zanuck still gets to keep doing what he's doing. Cause they're a good he's done a, fan, a fantastic job over there since taking over. But I was going to connect it in some parts to Jeff Petrie, who's hands sure. down the best executive the Kings have ever had in Sacramento. He, he did the best job and he was here the longest, but in his later years, he whiffed. And this is what I tweeted in response to you. He, he saw so many good young players come and work out in Sacramento when they had all those lottery picks from 2008, 2009, 2010. And he always, with the exception of DeMarcus Cousins, he always took the wrong person. However, there's backstory to that. Almost like there's a, like, like an excuse for that. Like there's an excuse for McNair in these trades not working out. You want to enlighten some of these people, Jill, on these stories? Because they're yeah, pretty well, crazy okay. to me. So the, and I don't think they're um, common knowledge. The excuse for the um, Thomas Robinson, or at least what you hear you know, now, was how um, Dame, how Dame Lillard says that he worked out here multiple times. It, he only missed like one shot. He had basically the workout like of a lifetime. Sacramento loved him. Basically, told him they were they were taking him. Um, the story is Jeff Petrie went to the Maloose and said. Um, I need you to give money for, um, for us to resign, um, Jason Thompson, because if he leaves, we do not have a power forward on our roster at all. Like we will have no one. It's the old, um, Tristan Thompson trade, right? Like we don't have a center. So we're going to have to get rid of a good asset 
just in case the hypo, you know, the hypothetical, whatever right. doesn't happen. Um, and that ended up blowing up. Right. So similar to this one. So apparently the Maloof said, no, we're, we're not giving you that money, which they ended up giving it later. But on that day of the draft, they said no. Right. And this was when there were money, like money issues already going around. So the story, if true of him asking and them saying no, does not shock me one bit. Um, so going into the draft, um, you had a power forward fall. You did not work out that power forward, um, but one fell. And so you ended up taking Thomas Robinson over um, Dame Lillard. And one pick before. And all she wrote. Yeah. Um, and Dame still says to those day, still tweets about it. Um, he thought he was going to be a Sacramento King and he was all about it because it was close to home, right? Brooklyn, say, like Oakland. it would have been perfect. And for, I, I know we joke about this that, oh, we would have ruined Dame. Like, no, I, I, I refuse that guy to is believe too good. That. I do not, I don't think, I, no. Um, and so, yeah, so you could have had that, right? Um, and then his his partner in crime, uh, CJ, uh, they worked him out three times and they actually called him back the night before the draft and had him work out again and told him, we are taking you at seven if you are available. What do we hear the next day? Oh, Vivek wants to make the big splash and trade up to number two for Ben McLemore. Um, oh, King's looking at moving up for Ben McLemore. You had a guy in the night before and told him you were taking him at seven. And then all of a sudden, the next day, the Kings are looking to make a trade. I'm, I'm sorry. That rings all kinds of bells of meddling. I don't think I could very well be wrong, but I don't think a GM would have you in there and say, I'm taking you. Although, you know, we did, we saw ownership in the first time and then. I have no reason to believe it wasn't someone else saying, I don't want CJ. I want the big splashy name. Um, And the big splashy name fell, which plenty of people were still fine with it. You know, we all had hope for it. Like he was the big splashy name. Yeah. Um, And, but this is my, and, and CJ fell right. And, and ended up becoming who he was. But this is also my thing too, is, is you saw the same thing with the Curry thing. And, and when he fell was, People said, oh, he's a great shooter, but he's not athletic enough. Oh, he's really smart, but he's not athletic enough. At some point, you take the person that's good at all these things and, and has the basketball IQ Keep it over just being athletic because those guys, no offense, end up lasting a lot longer in the NBA than just the pure athletic ones. Those are the, like, you make or you break, right? At least the ones that... The other guys you can at least mold into role players. Um, they don't have to be a star, but at least they'll end up being a really good role player. And so this uh, it's this team has just consistently um, shot themselves. You had Luca even say after that yep. he thought he was going to Sacramento. So, Everybody thought that. You know, I mean, the second it's, pick. It's, it was either Aiden or Doncic. You know, and that was after, you know, we know that they had meetings with everyone and all that. We were not privy again to those meetings. We just hear the stuff after and what players say and what GMs say after the fact. But it it just seems like there's always something there that, that prevents them from making the right decision. And what's frustrating is 
that you hear them saying they're going to make the right decision and then completely flip it. Um, and so it's just yeah. like, trust your gut, Jill. What? Why? <laughs> like, why? don't be worried about Jersey. And the same thing about Jimmer. Jimmer. Oh, we're drafting Jimmer because of Jersey sales. And, and we think people will buy ticket sales. Oh, we're not going to put the injury reports out, you know, or we're going to be, su- well, they can't not put them out, but we're going to be super vague about it. Um, because we don't want to hurt ticket sales. Like right. there's so many things that it's like these, they do stuff for the wrong reason. And it's not basketball, like straight basketball on the court related. And it, if you're a small market team, you have draft and you have trade. Those are your assets. Like that's, yeah, that's said. how you get anywhere. Um, and if you don't draft well, you have no assets to that people want. And that's where I McNair mean, is right so, now. When you look at without, unless you're jumping in as a third team and willing to, you know, to reap the benefits of these other people like Cleveland did last year yeah. and, and Jared Allen, um, you saw Indiana do it with Karis LeVert. You saw Houston do it with Oladipo. Um, bad teams jumping in. They don't even, the, the, the assets don't even necessarily have to fit your, what your plan is, but they're an asset to like, right. that's, I, and I know we hate to think of players that way, but realistically, if you're a front office person, like that's how you're thinking about them, right? Like that's, that's how you move the chess pieces. And so, and that's why I, I refuse to, to do that. Oh, he doesn't fit here. No, accumulate the talent, get the, get assets. Like you don't ha- doesn't have to be a long-term plan, but if you can accumulate talent assets, then you, you at least have a lot more pieces on your board to work with than you did before of, of a bunch of non-working high paid pieces. <laughs> um, so a couple of notes about yeah. what you just said in both those instances of draft whiffs where they could have had the, the tandem of McCollum and Lillard instead of them going to Portland, they instead, like you said, took the higher name, athletic, very raw player from Kansas because Thomas Robinson was a Kansas product and Ben McLemore as well. They were both super young. And every team worked him out that did not take him. The Kings yeah. were, again, the team that didn't work him out and had no, like, to me, that's where you think like, hmm, why did these four teams not take him after working him out and being so high? And it ironic because- An undersized, then- small, uh, undersized power forward. <laughs> The, yeah, a good rebounder, though. He had a lot of hops. Uh, still could play in the league. Macklemore's 28. Robinson's, I think, 29-30. Crazy that they're still that young. Um, it's ironic, though, because then the reason Vlade, you know, one of the reasons that he didn't want to take Luca is he didn't work out for Sacramento. I want to take the guy that's willing to come here and work out like Bagley did. So this is a complete flip of from apparently Petrie's mindset. And then the Fredette draft. That was just a mess of a draft altogether at the back end of the lottery, um, not just the Kings, but they originally took Jill Bismack Biombo, who was not going to sell any tickets, was uh, some no-name guy from the Congo. I think he's from the Congo. And then they, tra- they flipped him to get Jimmer, which obviously, like you said, was all about the money, getting people in there, yelling Jimmer as much as possible. And that fizzled out because the guy had no handle, <laughs> no defensive ability, really no athleticism. Killing it in China, though, Jimmer for that. Yeah. So, well, and the, yeah, and the thing sadness. here is when you're in the lottery for 15 years or right, what 14 of the 15th, you didn't have the 2008 draft pick and you have two, two in, yes. in the league, like what 
at least from Vlogging oh, yeah. era on. Yeah, Tyreek Evans. Um, and I, I should say 15 years of pick. I should say 15, the last 15 picks, two sure. are are in the league. If like, if you're a bad team, two out of 15, like that can't happen. And one, we're being told we're shipping off. So again, you add one, right? Well, I, well, I won't count in obviously Halliburton and, and Davion because, you know, they're still here and that seems to be working, but I mean, we couldn't hit on first and we couldn't hit on seconds and we had a crap ton of seconds. And I know seconds are not, you know, it's, it's a, you never know. But if you look around the players that were taken around us, they've all been able to be role players and some of them on bad teams and they were still able to be role players. So they were, I mean, we took multiple guys too, where we took them because we thought we had enough talent and they were going to be there in Europe and never, ever going to come over. And yet there was Jalen McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels. Um, oh, I'm trying to think I went through the list yesterday. Uh, Terrence Mann, like there were yeah, multiple. There were, and again, I gave you three, but there's like, if you go look, there is a, a plenty long list of guys that are still role players in the league. Um, that managed to stick around, whether regardless if they were on a good team or, or not. Um, and it's, I mean, we sold the, the Gary Trent jr. Pick because we thought we had enough talent. Yeah, like, that's outrageous. we didn't need more youth. We needed, you know, talent. like, I mean, come on. Come yeah. Lotte, Lotte really, he took, I mean, I remember when the Gary Trent selection, I was like, we don't need another two guard, but this is Bagley's teammate in college at Duke a great shooter. You can never have enough shooters and it's a second round right. pick. They trade him sorry, for another do, second yeah. round pick in the future. Do I hear all these good teams saying I don't need any more young players? No, because what never. do they do with those young players? Flip them. Thank you. They flip them for a proven someone Let's because be it's going to get, make them be better. Like it's this we're place mis- never does. Like we always think we're smarter than everyone else in the league. Instead of following the blueprints that are already there by teams that have, you know, rebuilt, been better, rebuilt, been better, like five times over the 15 years we were bad. Yes. (laughs) Like we're forgetting one infamous draft as well. The sauce Castillo 2014 draft. The Kings (laughs) had the eighth spot. They were rumored to be taking Alfred Payton. So this one's not as big of a whiff. However, Alfred Payton is a better player than Nick Stauskas. Um, but Vivek stepped in and said, I want Stauskas. I want the shooter. He right. reminds me of Clay Thompson, the Canadian Clay Thompson, other guys that went after just looking at this now, because you know, why not? Uh, Dario Saric, Zach Levine, Vlade's guy. He was not the general manager yet at the time. TJ Warren, Yusuf Norkic, Gary Harris. And of course, picked during a Taco Bell commercial, Nikola Jokic was in the second round and Bogdan Bogdanovich was in that draft. They ended up getting his rights. And they worked later. out a lot of players that year too. They yep. worked out a lot of players. You kind of have to, when you have the back end of the lottery, you kind of, you don't know what you're going to get. So you got to make sure the, you know, cast a wide net and they chose literally. But, and this the is what's baffling too, is they work out all these players and yet where, who's, who, <laughs> who's there determining this talent or non-talent. I mean, it's, Especially when you hear guys have actually have good workouts and had right. good workouts for multiple people. Like you saw Zach Levine, you saw Donovan Mitchell, like you've seen every, most of these players the last so many years come through. 
Um, and you just missed. And unfortunately, in a place like Sacramento, you can't afford to miss. Nope. Otherwise, you stay your you way out of it because yeah. no one feels sorry for you. They're all still looking to take advantage of you. <laughs> and they do it really well. They really do. So all the I mean, tweets... it sucks for us as fans, but realistic, oh, yeah. no one, no one's looking to save you. I, I was laughing at all the tweets coming from one of the Raptors reporters saying how he just, because the Raptors have not been great this year. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode, but he, he tweeted like six different times, the variation of like, can't we just play the Kings every game? Like, God, this team mm-hmm. looks amazing when they play the Sacramento King, mm-hmm. not against anyone else. They've just lost to the, Nets who had eight players yesterday. Of course, one of them was Kevin Durant, but still. But like, that's what people think of when they look at us. Like, man, I, I wish it was always just the Kings coming to play us because we'd have a lot yeah. more fun. If well, the, and, as I Kings mean, fans, we just wish we didn't play. Well, and Toronto, right? Second night of a, of a, of a back. Right? They were playing a back to back. Toronto. Um, was, yeah. But but they're because they played it. But they're also like under no perception that they are a playoff team like they know exactly what they're doing who they are they build their culture what i tweeted out it was i think three first rounders the rest were like un undrafted or or second round like this and guys that won in the g league and and won championships here like dan tolzman does his job to at he he's the one that found terrence davis too i mean before all that came and he was he was gonna stay there prior to all of his off-court stuff. So right. yes, we can say they gave him to us, but it was only after all that stuff happened. They they did think that they had something there. Um, but similar to Miami, like he is the king of finding like these hidden gems or at least get, and then getting them to agree on draft night. Like they do a great job on YouTube of the storytelling and telling these and with the players and with them and like the phone calls they make saying, say you want to stay undrafted and come to us, like say you want to stay undrafted and come to us. And they go there and they succeed. Like they have that culture and it doesn't matter where you were taken or not taken. You know, your role, you do your role. And you get paid. Or you know, like that you don't, you don't play like, yeah. yeah. And and then you end up getting paid. Fred Van Fleet won a G league championship, won an NBA championship and is getting paid less and is getting paid less than Buddy Heald. Yeah, and he's way better. He of a got player. paid. He got paid, but that's a steal of a contract that he's getting paid. It's like two million less a year, but he's. Still, but to me, like, but again, when you're looking at teams and flipping assets, and you're looking at money, and you say, "Hmm, who can I get for this kind of price?" Buddy Healed for twenty three, right? And yes, it it declined some, or a Fred Van Fleet who's a way better player and getting paid less. Like this is the problem the Kings are dealing with is we know that they want to flip these guys, but when you have other guys out there who are more, maybe of an all around talent, it's a lot easy to easier to move those yeah. than it is for, you know, someone. So it's they're, just their you know, best case scenario. They got to find the right scenario. And they had that with the Lakers. I, I don't know if that exists again. I really don't. I don't know. No, I think they're going to have to show me because I won't believe it until they show me. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to end up being pulling the trigger on a heel trade that gets you some like, eh, like not really uncertain young second round pick that hasn't gotten his chance. And then some guy whose contract matches heels, obviously, who whatever team in this situation doesn't want any more themselves. So it's not going to be a trade in the end. My point being, you're going to excite us. No. It's just, it's just going to be might getting be taking rid of, a lesson value. Yeah. yeah. You're just getting rid of buddy. Cause you want to get rid of buddy, which 
we all do, you know, and buddy, I think wants to get out of here. So well, at some point you just have to say it doesn't work and right. then try and nothing wrong and with that. Not, and he comes from a place of Daryl Morey, right. Who like we have seen holds on to stuff maybe too long, maybe not yeah. too long. And that's the thing is we all, we all said last year at during the trade stuff, Oh my God, why did you not give him up then? Well, had that deal worked out in the summer, like they all thought, then it would have been worth it, right? That would, good job. You would have got the clap of saying we were wrong to not give up, not give it up during the season. And that was the right move. But unless you show us that right move, we can't say good job on keep, do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that we can't say good job on, on keep holding it. Like at some point it's, you got to do something. It, it is what it There's is. Nothing. So I love the memes going around of know. like that stick figure poking something. And it's just like Monty yeah. McNair. It's like, come on, do something. I mean, if he can do something next summer, well, then we would say great job of holding off and not. But we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. But right now, all we can say is it's not working. And we can't say good job because that deal didn't happen. <laughs> right. And I will say well, my last little closing thought here for this episode. I, I, I don't like, I simply do not like, I hate, I'll say I hate when people are saying that McNair's seat is warm or they should fire him. No, they shouldn't, guys. Are we really not? Are we really going to do the same thing over and over again? Vladi Divac was given many years at this job, like five or six in total. Vladi was given as the general manager when he like kind of nudged his way in, settled himself in. Monty McNair deserves at least three or four years, in my opinion. I get that he hasn't well, done anything, sure. but I'm sorry if your if your solution to this is to be impatient again and then fire the GM and start over. I don't want to see it. I want to, I want McNair to get his fair shake. Get him. Through the year, get them next offseason. Then we can evaluate. I might be the outlier there, Jill, but no, I'm, that's not I think doing it, the but same. But again, I think thing. it all comes down to: is is this his vision? Is sure. it him making the goal? Because okay, what let's is say, his vision? Great, hold on. But let's say I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying it's you could fire him, but if the ultimate vision is being whatever Vivek wants, he's just going to hire somebody else that has his vision and you're going to get the same thing. Mm -hmm. So again, like, unfortunately for us, it's always a cloud and we have no idea. We all want to think it's money making decisions because he's the one in the chair. Right. But again, like same way I wanted Vladi gone and, and a new person in, but you still have no idea what's, what's going on at the top. top. Because again, whether it's true or not, you still have the national people out there going, it's still playoff or bust. If that's true, <laughs> your hands are a little bit more tied, right? And, and what you can do or not do. And if that's McNair's vision, then okay, great. But you need to actually do something to get that to happen. Because if that's your vision and you're still doing nothing, then you're not doing your job. Right. Like, because this, again, like you said, this is a results business, right? And we have an owner who has wanted results, whether that's been good for us or not. Like that's, that's what it is. And so again, it doesn't matter what we want or what we think is smart. Unfortunately, like those guys are the ones getting paid millions and have the power and we're, what sucks for us is, is we're the ones left always in the shit while, while they're all making their money and then riding off to wherever else they're going and we'll be just fine and, and are left in the same tornado of 
whatever. It's only December, Kings fans, and we we played 28 <laughs> games. So it's I don't know. Was not expecting this. I can tell you that when yeah. I when this season started. However, the Kings are somehow by the grace of God, but also not because I don't think anyone wants to see it. They're tied for 10th. They're they're in the play-in if the season ended today. But you want to know why? Like I think while too things are like optimism, like what you just said. No, that things are prolonging too, and you're not seeing maybe rash things. It's because what is it? They're three games out of 10 and three games out of 15. Like it's, yeah. it's that close to where one move could put you this way. And one move can completely drop right you. The top it's five like the you, lottery. And if they still have no idea which route they're going to go, then you're going to keep seeing this middle road and pray that some unicorn becomes available or, right. <laughs> you know, that, Unfortunately, other teams have not completely eliminated, you know, el- knocked us down, which I think would m- make it a lot easier. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, We've I think if, spot before. if other other teams weren't going through COVID or injuries and all that, because really the Kings have been lucky in that sense True. compared to what other, what like Nets can barely and Bulls can barely field eight people. Um, the Kings have one injury, like, and then they just lost their, their coach. Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, knock on wood, they haven't been touched um, as much as everybody else. And so we don't even have that excuse to, to use. No, I was but, it hasn't helped them, but yeah. Yeah. And in, in previous years, I think we could have, we could have had this record and in a normal West, like everyone's significantly over 500. And so we wouldn't even be near 10, right? Mm-hmm. But you're seeing teams that you're used to seeing over 500, um, not. And so it's left them with their golden hope of <laughs> of changing things around, which always happens for the Kings, right? Like nothing can ever just go our- You can go one way or the, or the other. Way. Yeah. yeah. So McNair, Monty, G, uh, the whole front office, good group of guys, Wes Wilcox, just pick a, pick a side. Pick a side. All Kings fans, I think, could connect on the fact that they don't really care as long as you choose a route and yeah. go all in. That's still and not follow happening. follow that route. <laughs> yeah, they still haven't committed to something yet. They're still trying to figure it. It's like they're trying to find their way around Sacramento. They're like learning the area. They play tonight, the Doug Christie game. That's what people are going to talk about. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the game might not be fun to watch. It'll just be fun to watch Doug coach. Uh, and then they play, again, a lot of home games. They play the streaking Memphis Grizzlies who – Shit, Jill, they might be better without John Morant. They play them on Friday. Then they play San Antonio, who they're tied with right now for 10th. So a lot of good Western Conference opponents coming up after this Wizards game. We'll see if anything changes. We'll see if anyone's acquired or sent off. Something should happen, for the love of God. And when it does, we'll be waiting to talk about it. So that's it for us today, though, on this Wednesday. You guys have a great rest of your day. Let's get a win, maybe, for Doug. Slater, dudes. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.